would say. All right. So welcome, everyone. I was going to do one more little sneak peek, if you will, at the uh, NLP. No Limit People is what, what I'm beginning to rebrand NLP as. No Limit People. Uh, 10X Life Coaching Course. And I was going to get a little bit of an overview, first of all, you know, the, the like, it runs four Sundays in August, or August, September, excuse me, the 3rd, the 10th, the 17th, and the 24th, I'll probably throw a bonus one in there. Um, and it's going to start with, you know, just like an overview of just general coaching. I'll make sure that people get the, the manual to the old NLP coaching course I have. They'll get a copy of the videos for that, it, it, you know, a little bit of background. It's just, you know, why I didn't jump into the, the coaching foray as, as heavy as I, looking back, it's one of those coulda, woulda, shouldas, you know, when it was first starting, uh, you know, and people were starting calling things coaching and the first people that started, I couldn't understand, you know, like, Coming from the NLP world, especially with the information gathering, you know, what do you want? Da da da. This just the how we ask questions, and then I saw some of the first coaching courses. I'm like, this is what we do. I don't, I don't see the newness here, you know. And it was like, a, like half of a basic NLP class. And so, you know, in retrospect, I wish I would have jumped in, you know, and started a coaching organization. You know, I heard Tony Robbins say the same thing. People ask him once, why isn't he a member of the ICF? He goes, well, I was doing this 25 years before they even had a glimmer in their eye about this coaching stuff. So, you know, he, he it was kind of interesting. So, you know, but in general coaching, one of the problems I see in coaching, I see it in our field of hypnosis and NLP all the time, is these people that want to coach you on how to build a six-figure practice. And doesn't take very much research to find out they've never had a six-figure practice, right? So, I mean, how do you coach someone if it's in that area, excuse me, on um, on something? So my wife's not here. I forgot to turn the phones off. Uh, but the uh, but I see it all the time. And it's not that they might not teach you some stuff. They come from the internet marketing world. Um, so it's always kind of interesting what I see happening. But, you know, general coaching, you know, it's it's basically if you have the basic NLP skill sets, um, you know, how we gather information, listening for the language, you know, helping people reframe, redo, change some things. We got all the basic NLP techniques and you add in some um, classical hypnosis. That's basic coaching 101. I mean, there's no mystery there. Right. Um what the, some of the organizations have done, they've given you a little bit of a different format, like some infor, uh, documentation stuff, right? And if you've taken master NLP classes, especially with NF NLP trainers, which we teach the waking hypnosis, um, that's like way ahead of 90% of the coaching classes I've had the pleasure to audit, right? Um, so anyway, it's just a little bit of that. So the first day we're going to go over coaching, we're going to do some things. And it's very experiential in nature. Yes, it's a coaching course uh, where you can learn how to coach other people. But I take the experiential approach. I want you to do it and have it done to you. The medical model of see one, do one, almost teach one. And that's how you gather two things. You get a dip, 
different insight into the information that you're doing. The second thing is when you do it and have it done to you, you experience it at a more of a visceral level, like, okay, you know, and then you can, and it makes it easier to transition it or transpose whatever words you want to use to make it yours a little bit more yours. So that's kind of, you know, that, that's the first day we're going to be doing some stuff. Uh, the second Sunday, we're going to be doing a life by design using design engineering, not from Bandler, but how you look at, you know, how designers think to do your life. Kind of went over that a little bit about, you know, what a lot of people reach out for life coaching, which is they want their life to have meaning. I like my life to have more purpose. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of the, the coaches I see, they end up doing what I really dislike in our field of hypnosis and NLP, which is we're this close to multi-level marketing, right? Come in, I'll teach you how to do this. Then, you know, then you're going to go, I'll teach you the skill set, charge you this much money. And then once you have the skill set, then you go get other people and teach them the skill set. Doesn't matter. You don't even know what you're doing yet because you haven't practiced the skill set. It's like, you know, it's like the guy with the $5,000 of Amway material in his garage. And now he's a double diamond or whatever it is in the, yeah, I should probably edit that out. But in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, no. multi-level marketing world. So, but it's life by design. So somebody calls, you know, and and we're also going to attack the fact, I always say one of the biggest myths I see is this whole idea about, you know, as long as you know your passion, you'll be successful. Um, that may not be necessarily true. Uh, if you don't know how to market it, you don't know how to package it, there's all these other things. But I'm I'm a firm believer in not everything that you have a passion about. And I, I forget the big internet marsh marketer that pushes this thing, you know, monetize basically everything in your life. You know, I'm waiting for his ad about his, you know, with his kids for sale or whatever it would be. It's like, what if you have a per, uh, something you really enjoy, but you don't want to turn it into your living? Because anybody that's ever run a business uh, or got to the to the management level. It changes how you think about what you do. You know, I tell the story of my friend um, who um, who well, he was martial. I got in martial arts later in life, but he took the, he loved it, you know. And I mean, he was into it. He'd be at the dojo almost every day if he could, and got into it big time. He's an uh, insurance guy and uh, had a successful insurance brokerage. Right? He liked his insurance brokerage. Right. But then somebody bought him out. And so he got to kind of retire out early quite comfortably. And so he, he ended up and the guy that ran the dojo we were going to was uh, getting out of the business. You know, he wanted to get rid of the dojo. He's just going to close it down. So they, anyway, the, my friend took it over and he goes, in one way, it was the worst thing he ever did for his martial arts. Because now it was a business. He had to think like a businessman. How do I get how do I get kids in the dojo? You know, as much as he didn't like it, he changed. So he was doing the multi-belt system with like 27 belts. And, and you know, we were traditional Japanese where there was like white belt, green belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. That was it, right? But, you know, you make money in that world if you have like yellow belt, yellow belt, black stripe, green belt. Black. I mean, the more tests you could give kids at 50 bucks a test, and the parents are into it and it's incremental growth, you know, it's like he lost 
some of the drive, if you will, some of the thing. And he wasn't training as much because he was running the dojo. It's just what happens, right? And so not every passion you have, right? One of the last people I helped coach, they were very successful uh, just recently. And, you know, they've been around the hypnosis and LP world. They liked it. And, uh, you know, they called me and, uh, and a part of this is again, you know, connecting the dots and they had the passion for it and everything. And whatever they were doing now, I won't say what it was because they were, they're successful at it. I said, do you kind of like what you do? That's my first question. Yeah. There's parts of it. I like there's parts of it. I don't like. Okay, cool. Great. Right. Uh, and he was making a very good living, like over 200 grand a year. And I said, well, you know, what do you want to do with this? You know, he goes, well, I think I want to like get rid of that and go into coaching and, 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 and the hypnosis and the NLP. I said, okay. Uh, how many hours a week you work now at what you do? And he'd been there for a long time. He goes, well, to be honest with you, you know, 20, 25 hours a week. I said, well, you can make that in hypnosis. You're going to work 75 to 80 hours a week. Between the marketing and the doing the sessions and getting the classes ready. You know, it's like people say they want to become a stage hypnotist without ever thinking about what if a full-time stage hypnotist without ever thinking about, are you ready to live on the road? You know, you know, because if you're you're doing a show tonight in Cleveland and day after tomorrow you're in Detroit, they're close together, you're not coming home. You're going from one to one to one, right? So anyway, so what the guy really needed when I coached him, this is life coaching to me, is reignite the passion of what he was already doing, keep his passion for what he was doing, the hypnosis and NLP, and make it more of a an avocation, which is what it was, rather than his vocation. And he found more purpose, more meaning. You know, he could do different things. Um, so that's kind of just kind of an overview. So that's the, you know, that stuff. Then we're going to do a whole thing on self-worth and self-esteem. And with that, there's a little offshoot about uh, procrastination, excuse me, procrastination and self-sabotage. And if the traditional really quick fixes that we would do in hypnosis and NLP don't get you motivated or don't overcome the self-sabotage, it could be a trauma response, right? And if that's why you just keep self-sabotaging, blowing stuff up, not making deadlines, right? Or you only operate on a deadline. All that's a trauma response. So we'll be talking about that. Then we're going to be doing some other stuff about how to hit that no limit level. That's not for everybody that you can do as a coach yourself when you're coaching people. I try to do it now a lot and it's changed my coaching. The clients, you may never teach what that part to the, to, to your clients. They don't need to know. Right. But it changes how you approach it. So anyway, that's just a little bit of that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And a big part is why is, why is it easier to 10 X parts of your life than 2X? Or why is exponential growth easier than incremental growth, okay? Because our logic would say it'd be incremental growth. You go from A to B to C to D, which sounds good, right? Sounds good. But a counterintuitive thing is how many times you see people on their individual level, they take a quantum leap in their skill set. They take a quantum leap in their business. Their businesses take a quantum leap. Right. And it has to do with, you know, uh, this is from the work of Dan Sullivan. I'll give, and I'm not sure if he came up with it or, um, you know, or where he got it, but it's, that's where I heard it and took his stuff. 
And he talks about this. And he says it's based on a couple of things. 10x is easier than 2x, right? Or, you know, exponential is, easy, is better than uh, incremental. Well, I was going to rebrand this. That's what I would call it, right? Change the words a little bit, you know, do the uh, thing, call it uh, neuroassociative conditioning instead of NLP. Uh, but anyway, and it has to do with a couple things about how your brain works, right? And it has to do with two things, is seeing what you want from the future, right? Not the past, right? Most of us are past-oriented. We look back on our past, and we draw from our past to go into the future, right? And it's, again, it, it's, in, this in, you know, the way we've been trained intuitively say, oh, this would work. But then what begins to happen, it limits what you can do in the future, right? Use a military model. One of the reasons they say we had issues in Vietnam is the, the generals were fighting World War II, right? They, they were taking a, a, you know, a different mindset to a different kind of thing. Right? And we see it in business. Right now, we're going through it in our world, in everybody's business, which is um, with artificial intelligence. It's changing the landscape of what we have to do. Right, And you can't take what, and I know this because it's happened to me, what worked fabulous in the late 80s, 90s, up to the early 2000s doesn't work anymore. Right, doesn't work I, as much as I wish it would. If I'm looking backwards, well, you know, it, it's not going to work that way in the future. So if you take a past orientation, it limits. It's greatly limiting, right? Right? But if you take a future orientation, if you imagine the future you want, right? I don't know how to draw it. You have the future you want, like, and you're doing whatever it is you want, like doing 10x business. Or, you know, you've got the, the physique you want, whatever it is, and you, and you step into that and look back on today, right? So rather than draw in the past, well, this worked in the past, you might get some new ideas, right? It opens up the scope of your vision, right? Because you're not limited by the past. You can draw in the past, you know, as the 12-step program would say, um, you don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it, but you're not living from that past. And in fact, the recovery world, part of that, this is what they do. They have you look from the future, right? And kind of drop your past. Because in the past, if, if it's a substance abuse issue, your past may not be that resourceful. You know, you need to create the resources. So it's kind of fun when you look at it this way. So part of what we'll be doing is helping people learn how to step into the future and look about today, right? And there's a trick I'll give you, you know, they always say give away something really cool. This is it. And for this to work, this future you has to have an impossible goal. Okay. A goal that when you say it to yourself, you go, that's impossible. That's impossible, right? Because this, it's interesting, right? Because what's happening, when you say a goal is impossible, it means you're, you're looking at your past, right? To use a different analogy, me and my analogies, and Billy probably would know the date because he's a history buff too. 
John F. Kennedy gave the speech, 62 maybe, right? When we would land man on the moon by the end of this decade. Right? Yeah, it had to be 62 because he took off, but 61 or 62. And it was an impossible goal. You know, it was, we didn't have the technology. Russia was ahead of us in the space race. You know, we were stealing their stuff, not the other way around for a change, right? I mean, you know, they had the Yuri Gargarian in space. They were doing different things, right? Mainly because, you know, maybe because they didn't have the safety checks, but that's a different story. But they were doing things in that we weren't. So he laid out an impossible goal, right? And in less than 10 years, eight, in fact, if I remember right, they were on the moon, right? Or if you're a conspiracy theory, they were making a good movie about being on the moon, right? But anybody that understands the government, you can't get that many people to keep quiet about something. So that's why I don't, that one I don't believe. It's like, yeah, no, you know, somebody would spill the beans. But anyway, so there we were, eight years later, ahead of schedule. He was gone, you know, but the mission carried on and he set this thing. And, they, and, and some of the NASA engineers, from what I understand, they started looking at things. Well, this would be impossible unless we create a new way to do this, right? It has to create a new way, not go back. That will work in the past, right? No. You know, what's the new way that will change everything? You know, World War II, when they came up with radar, it changed warfare, you know, because... You know, you knew the planes were coming long before they got there. You knew the boats where they were long before you got there. Of course, our friend Captain Billy with uh, sonar under the water, right? I mean, no, these were new technologies that if you would have went back 10 years before they came out, people say that's impossible. Can't detect an aircraft a thousand miles away, right? So, so if you want to reach an impossible goal, first of all, you have to think about it. And then, you know, and feel it's impossible. But if you can make the statement, that's impossible, right? Unless, whatever. Well, that's impossible. Unless this happens, you know? To get to where I want, that's impossible unless Tony Robbins endorses my product, right? And that's one I've heard that, like, if you've ever heard of click funnels, as a lot of us in this world have, that was what that guy was doing when he was launching it, right? It's a rather new company. It's less than 10 years old. It's, I think it's a billion-dollar company or close to it, right? And his big thing was to get Tony Robbins to endorse his product, right? And that changed everything, right? It changed the scope of... You know, he was this little star. And by the way, he was laying out a lot of these goals because Russell Brunson is not a computer programmer, from what I understand. He doesn't know how to build a website that ClickFunnels is. He's a marketer. And he would get the marketing, you know, he, he would tell them, this is what I need you to do, right? And that's when they said, well, the really, you know, they were growing slowly and he wanted that exponential jump. And supposedly someone there said, well, this will only work if we get like a, a Tony Robbins or a, you know, whoever, pick a big name in the 
self-development field to endorse what we're doing. Because up until 10 or 12 years ago, no one in our field had what they called the funnel. Right? It was it was still relatively new, even in the internet marketing side. You just put your web page up, your landing page, and you sold it. And then, you know, that 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 that. So that's impossible unless this happens. You know, unless I can get this to happen or that to happen. Because this frees up your creativity, right? You almost have to begin to think like a writer rather than a director. Director takes what's written and puts it on the stage or on the film, but a writer creates a whole new world, right? Now, some people can do both, but not all. You know, I was thinking that, and I don't even like those movies, but the guy that came up with Avatar, Right. Well, to do what he wanted to do, as the you know the CGI guys were telling him, this is impossible unless we create new technology. He created new technology. Well, he didn't. He had the technology created, right? Which changed you know how the film world is working, going all the way back to Star Wars. You know when George Lucas really wanted it to go. He created a different thing, right? He was thinking from the future that one day this would be normal. So that's impossible unless I can do this, right? And then this becomes the normal and you keep having to go bigger. That's kind of like 10X thinking, seeing yourself from the future as if you already have the goal. We've heard that, right? But that, that frees up what you're going to do today. And the last giveaway I'll tell you is it gets you to start looking at the 20% of the things that you do that really move your, whatever your goal is, right? If it's to build your business, what really builds your business? Not the busy work, things like that. If you're really trying to get in great shape, what's the 20% that really gets you in great shape? Not the 80% that we get lost in, you know, um, Weird analogy I had teaching at a it, it, this addiction thing. There was a guy there, and he says, "You know, it's kind of like the difference of being deported in a war zone and being being stationed stateside. When you're deployed in a war zone, it's very efficient. You're only doing what you need to do to get the job done. When you come back stateside and there's peace, we got to keep everybody busy, right?" Billy's laughing because I'm like sitting there looking. And I go. And he goes, that's why, you know, if you've, it's like, <laughs> what will move your business forward? And sometimes letting go of that, you know, it's the old 80-20 rule in a different way. Letting go of this 80% is hard. That's what we'll be doing with people, helping them let go of that 80%, you know? Will going to that conference really build your business? If that's your focus. Why I skipped the conference, I might be skipping some more. It's like it's not moving me forward. Okay. Uh, if our friend Albert was on the call, right, who does, um, besides doing hypnosis and LP, he's an agent, a theatrical agent. And he's always telling actors, once they hit a certain point, quit doing this. Don't do, don't do background work. Don't do featured work. Don't do walk-ons. That's over. Focus on getting the, you know, in that world, the guest star role, feature role. 
And a part, you know, and part of that is something we'll be talking about, a, a thing a lot of people know that, that we're going to bury in there, another a shortcut to success. That's kind of like a very messy overview because uh, I, my handwriting is atrocious. Maybe my handwriting is atrocious because my spelling's worse because spell check ruined me for trying to spell correctly. So anyway, so that class is in September coming up. September 3rd, 10th, 17th, and 24th from 10 a.m. to about 3 p.m. There'll be bonuses. There's some home study courses. There's videos to watch. It's um, it's going to reframe how co how you approach life coaching and if you know and maybe general coaching, right? And so it's going to be a lot of fun. And that comes up if you want more information. Go to hortonpsychology.com. Love to have you join. And of course, if you can't make any of the live classes, as the internet marketers say, no worries. It's recorded and will be on the website that you'll get the links to to watch it whenever you want and to review. And the manual will be done as we're doing the doing the training. We'll be we'll be morphing the manual. I'm going back to the old NLP days when I first learned NLP. There was no manual. You had a pen and a notebook. And Vandler and them would say, take notes. Right? And then they would create the notes after the class. That's future thinking. So anyway, if you have any questions, direct message me. Let me know what's going on.